Welcome to the Double Technical Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Lucas Fryman. I hope everyone had a fantastic Saturday and Sunday since we last spoke to you. We have a little bit to talk about, but we're going to start with the local squads, as always, and that is brought to you by SeatGeek. Go to SeatGeek.com or download the SeatGeek app. Use code DOUBLETECHNICAL for $20 off your first ticket purchase. Can't go wrong there. So really briefly, I just want to mention, uh, in case you live under a rock, UK and NKU are in the NCAA tournament. UK ended up getting a two seed. NKU ended up getting a 14 seed. So we are excited for both of those squads. But we will have a tournament breakdown coming with Brian, Michael, and I uh, later this week before the tournament kicks off. So make sure to tune in for that. You'll get all of our opinions and breakdown on all those games. But now we're going to talk about you know two other local squads. And I'm going to bring in a, a special guest as always. Or I shouldn't even say special because he he's just you know he's a co-host on the show so brian welcome to the show <laughs> father you know two daddies now talking this is the double daddy podcast yeah um, that's that's, a, that's the working title for the relaunch <laughs> uh yeah I, I do want to touch on you skipped over an entire other local squad that's in the tournament <laughs> are you talking about uc uc is a seven seed yeah but we don't like uc Oh, uh, uh, still, we're a Cincinnati-based I mean, and then, okay, there. then fine. If we're being fair, Murray State is a 12 seed. Louisville is a 7 seed. Um, there you go. There you go. We're, we're all, our bases are covered. And honestly, it, it's, it was, I was a little disappointed because it, I, I was hoping that we would get a, a, a miraculous five teams uh, from Kentucky in the tournament because it looked like Western Kentucky was threatening for a little while, and it looked like uh, – it, it, I mean, if Murray State didn't go on the tear that they did, it looked like Moorhead State could have got in too. So it would have been very kinda, interesting. Kinda bummed, <laughs> but kind of bummed about that. But regardless, um, yeah, don't skip over UC. I know we don't like them, but we, you know, fine, fine. Hopefully they upset Tennessee, but we'll we'll, we'll get to that later. Yeah, we'll talk about that when when the time comes. But part of me wants to see Kentucky play Tennessee again. <laughs> so. Uh, the thing that I want to talk about first really quickly, uh, FC Cincinnati, they had a match yesterday versus the, why am I blinking on the team? Brian, help me. Portland Timbers. Thank you. I almost said the, the Seattle team on accident and they kicked their booty, uh, three nil was the final score (laughs) in our first home match. And it's our first MLS win. Of course, it was at home. It was just amazing. Brian, you know, you were the person that really turned me on to FC Cincinnati and things like that. What was it like seeing them snag not only their first MLS victory, but it being in their first home match? Well, the difference maker 100% was Nippert Stadium. That was the craziest I've ever seen that stadium. Uh, after watching back some of the highlights, seeing some of the videos on social media, that stadium was rocking. So that was a huge difference maker. Um, and when it's your first MLS home game and you, and you come away with a, with a big win like that, I, you can't do any better, especially a shutout, um, a, a strong defensive performance. And on the flip side, just brilliant striker performance. It, it's yeah. You can't do any better. Um, when it comes to bringing MLS soccer to Cincinnati for the first time. Well, I knew, <laughs> I, I don't know if you had a chance to actually watch the game live, but I was watching it in, um, as soon as that free kick to Watson and he headed it in for the first goal in the 15th minute, that place just, it was already like pent up. But as soon as that goal happened, it just, they lost it. And that arena changed everything. Like you said, there was no way Portland was going to get back into this game. It just was not happening. Well, no, the other thing that that I looked at as well was every shot that they took at Spencer Ritchie, um, he, he, he was a save machine. Um, he had he some miraculous saves. And every single time, every single save that he had, I mean, it, it, Nipper just blew up. Um, and fun fact, that's actually Spencer Ritchie's first career shutout. So Really? Yep, that's his first career shutout um, since, he's, since he has been a, a goalkeeper. Um, and, and, yeah, it, it just, just, like I said, a miraculous performance by Spencer Ritchie. Um, and... Just home dominance was was really the difference maker here. 
Well, congratulations, FC Cincinnati, and all of the fans. Uh, we just cannot wait to see how everything continues. Now, the thing that we, me and Brian are going to spend majority of the show on, Cincinnati Bengals and free agents. Uh, some breaking news since the last time we talked. Tyler Eifert has officially signed for a year extension, and... Uh, we have, uh, as of, uh, gee, I don't know, 30 minutes ago recording this, officially cut ties with Vontez Perfect. So, Brian, real quick before we dive into everything else, give me your thoughts on those two things. Um, so, everybody should credit Double Technical for breaking the news first <laughs> on uh, Vontez Perfect. We were three weeks ahead of the party, um, so I just, everybody should credit. Any, anybody who doesn't credit, you will be getting a cease and desist letter. Um, from me personally, oh, uh, double technical reported it first, uh, credit, credit, double technical and Andy Furman. Oh my um, gosh. and that's all, uh, uh, and on a serious note though, um, I'll, I'll talk about, I'll talk about perfect first. It, it, it seems like finally that the, the curse of 2015 is gone. That was the last like major piece. I feel like to that absolute disaster of a game, he was the final final uh piece of the puzzle there and uh it's it's really i i he he had a lot of great moments as a cincinnati Bengal, but he had a lot more disappointing moments as a cincinnati Bengal. so i'm i hate to say it honestly relieved to see him go um because he was just hurting more than he was helping fantastic player uh but not not 100 percent there uh mentally on the field and and would just create more problems than he could ever solve so I, I'm I'm kind of happy to see him go and kind of see a, a, a almost a reset button minus Preston Brown and the linebacking gore. Um, on the other side of the coin, Tyler Eifert. I am a giant fan of of bringing Tyler Eifert back. It seems like no matter what happens to this guy, uh, he year after year he'll he'll bounce back. We'll sign him and and he'll 100% have my support no matter what. Uh, Tyler Eifert is. Still, again, one of the one of the premier talented tight ends in the league. No matter how many times he gets hurt, when he's a hundred percent, the guy is a machine. So, if you if if you can have that threat at a cheap cost, no matter if he gets hurt, you can have that threat for eight games and and it will work. So, I'm I'm happy to see him. Hopefully, get a get a nice bounce back after a freak accident. The nice thing is he didn't hurt his back anymore last year, so his back should hold up this season. Well, and that's the thing, kind of like you were saying. Part of why I love Eifert is he just keeps he just gives it all for his team and the Bengals recognize that and he when he is on the field we our offense just changes I mean when you have like do not have a choice but to pay attention to him AJ Green Tyler Boyd and Mixon out of the backfield there's no room to double cover anybody and and yeah. even if you do you're still leaving a talented person in single coverage, and that is perfect for Andy Dalton. Yep, and honestly, you can't shortchange the fact that C.J. Uzama had a had a breakout year last year. Um, so he's he's slowly but surely going to keep increasing uh, his his versatility as a tight end. And now you're talking about you know one of the better dual tight end combos in the NFL. Um, so it's, it's, it's paramount to the passing attack. And the other thing uh, that's good about CJ Uzoma is the fact that he'll probably get more snaps than Tyler Eifert, which will lend the big play capabilities to Eifert and prevent him from being so injury prone. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking CJ Uzoma snap cat's going to snap counts going to be higher, which I think will be better for Eifert and the passing attack in the long run. Definitely. Um, you almost you almost treat a guy like Eifert as a gadget in that in that sense. That makes sense. Um, so real quick, since I did talk about it on the last show, but I want to get just your quick opinion. I'm gonna run down all of the people that we have signed, and I just want to get your uh, quick opinion on whether you you're a fan or not. Um, so what about? Uh, C is it C W Web or P W Web? B W Web. The best way I remember it is it's B W W, like Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> His name literally means uh, wings and beer and sports. Nice, nice. So, but uh, I like B W Web. I like the signing. Uh, it's that that right there. Um, 
pretty much signals the end of Dark West Denard's tenure in Cincinnati. Um, I there there are things I like about it and things I don't. What I do like about BW Web is the fact that if you look at his uh, at his snap count totals last year, he was the only cornerback playing nickel in the league that had uh, over a hundred um, snaps as in a nickel corner, and uh, only ten percent of the balls were thrown to him. So out of a hundred snaps, he was only thrown to uh, thrown to as a target roughly ten times which means he's, he's able to shut down the slot pretty well. His weakness and where Darquez Denard was a better corner than him was out in the wide out, defending the X and Y or the, the uh, X and Z positions. He's not that he, his speed is, is subpar. He only ran about a four, five, four, you know, four, five, five forty. So he can't really keep up with wide outs on, on the, uh, on the outside. So I'm seeing possibly we're going to see Kavari Russell or Darius Phillips, maybe step out and, uh, and have a have a little bit more. Maybe Deontay Wilder stop steps out, and and we we use them at, uh, in in the in the you know maybe the backup you know wide corner behind William Jackson and Drake or Patrick. But as a nickel corner, I'm a huge fan of him. So if we can keep him there, that he'll be an improvement for sure. And the good thing is, is he's already used to this system since we are bringing in his you know previous coach. Uh, so he'll he should be effective. I'm a big fan of Lou Anarumo bringing in his guys. I, I approve of that for sure. So I know your opinion on our, obviously, CJ Uzama and Tyler Eifert, since you just talked about them. What about Preston Brown? What's your take on that? I think Preston Brown has potential to be a, 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 a serviceable linebacker. He's a starting quality linebacker, but he's got to stay healthy. That's the hardest thing about him. That was his problem before he came to Cincinnati. That's his problem now. If he can stay healthy, he'll be valuable especially if he gets some support in the draft or in free agency, depending on how we, how we determine or how we decide to move. So I'm a fan of him, but he's got to stay healthy. Okay, what about the one that caused all of Twitterverse to collapse? Bobby Hart, three-year deal worth $21 million. That is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. I, I don't know why they made that move. I don't know what they're exactly seeing in Bobby Hart other than effort, but even then... Um, I don't know. I, this is one of those times where you just have to hope that he plays up to his contract money, which is a rare thing. You just have to hope that he earns that money. I, I'm wondering if his contract might be incentive laden and that just wasn't reported on. Well, it is, um, people, so people freaked out immediately thinking that he was getting 7 million each year, you know, and then obviously not all guaranteed, but what it is, is his contract is written up to where he actually makes 5 million a year. And there's actually a cheaper buyout option. If he is not successful in year one, the Bengals can buy him out and cut him. See, this is the one thing that I really, I I like, I like these kinds of moves, uh, in free agency, the, what, it's almost like you're you're coaching or motivating through money. I mean, obviously everybody needs to make a big paycheck. All the players want to make a big paycheck. So if you're coaching or motivating through money, motivating through the contract, that that almost lends itself to you know creating a possibility for them to play up to that contract. So I'm hoping that that works out in their favor because he was one of the worst right tackles in the NFL, the worst starting right tackle in the NFL last season. So you can only hope. Definitely. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Bengals going out and getting um, the uh, benched uh, John Miller from the Bills? I like John Miller. I like John Miller as a guard. He's big. He's big and he's physical. Um, he he played. He had a down season in twenty seventeen. I think. Yes. Um, he only started four games. He has been. The rest of the season, but in 2018, he started in 15 games, and he and he was um he he was better than the re- than all of the line last year. So regardless, had um the Pro Football Focus rating that he had was better than every Bengals lineman, including Cody Glenn and Clint Bowling, who are the two best guys in the line. So I'm gonna take that as an improvement, and I'm okay with it. All right, that is the, I mean, the biggest names that I have found. Um, I think we signed like a few little other things, but nothing to like, we re-signed Brandon Wilson to a one year deal, but that's not that pertinent. Um, yeah. We're going to give guys some prove it deals. I think on the bench. Definitely. So that is, is there any uh, thing that you want to touch on with the Bengals? I think the draft, you want to talk about that before we go to the NFL craziness? Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, the the one thing I do want to talk about is it looks like the thing that was really disappointing was that the Bengals hosted um, they hosted Shaq Barrett, who would have improved that linebacking core uh, and the and the pass rush overall, just in an amazing fashion. And they ended up losing to Tampa Bay. Um, but it looks like now because the Bengals are also they're hosting Vinny Curry uh, today. Um, Vinny Curry was the edge rusher in Philadelphia during their uh, during their Super Bowl run um, when you know when Nick Foles took over. So um, I'm, it looks like they're trying to they're moving on from Michael Johnson, and uh, and we're 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 going to start putting in some pieces to you know get some rotational players on the edge rushing. And I think the stars of the defensive line are going to be Carlos Dunlap, Gio Atkins, Sam Hubbard, and Carl Lawson. So. It's good to see them kind of beef up that defensive line, but I'd like to see the linebacking board get improved. Two of which have been on the show. Uh, maybe we can get the other two. Um, yeah, that's great. And what about – so I, I agree with you. There was some free agent signings there that I was very disappointed that we didn't push harder for. Um, what about the draft? I know you said you wanted to talk a little about about the draft. What's getting to you about that? So here's the thing that, that's scaring me right now. My my big that I want the Bengals to go after is Devin White because I think Devin White is in a league of his own when it comes to the linebackers in this draft. And he'll uh, fix our biggest issue, which is pass coverage, I feel like. Absolutely. So if, if you look at the Bengals' defense last year, where they got murdered every single time were inside slants and quick passes, uh, you know, 5-10 yard routes in the center of the field. And that was because the linebackers weren't athletic enough to keep up with, with any receivers, tight ends. Um, nobody was physical enough to keep up with tight ends. So the quick pass and the slant was, was very dangerous. Where Devin White excels is in pass coverage on the inside. The guy runs a 4-4-40. He's sizable enough to stick up with tight ends. And he's a great open field tackler. Those are all paramount to uh, becoming a reasonable pass coverage linebacker whether you're playing a 4-3 or a 3-4 which we play in a 4-3 if he sticks on the outside and, and predominantly works in pass coverage he'll be invaluable so I, I I really really want Devin White the thing that scares me is that Devin White had a fantastic combine and he may be he may break the mold of the traditional linebacker not being drafted in the top 10 so he may get snagged up in the top 10 and if that were the case, what I really would like to see the Bengals I, – I entertain this idea a few times. What I really want the Bengals to do in that case is trade down their pick. Yeah. Because if they pick 11, they, are, they beefed up their line. The only linemen they're going to draft from there are going to be developmental guys. They can do that in rounds three and four. I would like to see the Bengals trade down their first-round pick get another second round pick and possibly a first round pick for the number 11 spot. So if they get like pick 31, pick 32, I'd like to see them try to draft Devin Bush. Who's another linebacker with a freak athleticism uh, cap. His only downside or down uh, his only downtick I have on him is that he's only five eleven, but he's physical enough to keep up with it. He played for, you know, the, the Jim Harbaugh Wolverines defense, which was just amazingly physical in 2018. Um, and he's he's every bit as athletic as Devin White, so I, I'd like to see him, and then I'd like to double up if we can get an early second round pick for that trade, possibly draft uh, the one one of the Alabama inside linebackers that'll probably go up there. Um, they also hosted Rashawn Gary, who is a, who's a draft prospect, who is another Michigan Wolverine alum. Um, so I'd like to see them double up in the linebacker position, and then and then go after the line in the middle in the middle rounds. So, two two kind of follow up things. Um, I'm with you. I want Devin White so bad. Um, because I don't know if you heard a few episodes back, Michael's uh, statistics about him. He accounted he or he almost averaged an SEC play ten tackles and accounted for like almost like thirty percent of the tackles for LSU. Like yeah, he owns the tackle box. He owns it. It's he owns insane. it. He's, 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 yeah, and if you watch him, if you watch his tape, his lateral movement is absurd. The guy is the guy is really a special talent. But my next question to you, and this is not necessarily a Bengals focused question, but what with the way the league is going to be more pass centric, um, and you're needing more linebackers who can play 
you know, in the passing game rather than someone who fills the box, kind of like how studs like Ray Lewis and even Vontez, why they were so good is because they were good at doing that. You now need guys who are great moving laterally and can cover. When do you, do you think we'll ever get to a point where the quote unquote linebacker may not be a position and we may be placing, you know, maybe heavier set cornerbacks in those spots? Well, it, it, it's I don't know if that will necessarily be the case because you also have to think about the free and strong safeties. The, uh, there are guys. I mean, I, I, a perfect quintessential description of this are two guys. Um, you you have uh, Devin Bush, who who was a linebacker who sized like a safety. Jabril Peppers was the same thing. Um, who who just got traded from the Browns to the Giants? Jabril Peppers was he, he hits like a linebacker. He plays like a linebacker, but he plays the safety position because he's smaller and has that kind of speed. So maybe you see kind of a hybrid develop between them, but I don't think we'll ever lose the linebacker position because now with teams like the Ravens uh, and and the Forty ers adapting more of a, a a solid run game, and you're seeing guys that are coming out like Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell. Um, good, uh, good running backs who who run between the tackles. You still need that 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 big linebacker who can come in and make the hit if he gets to the second level. So I don't think we'll ever lose the position. It's going to be interesting going forward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's true. So here that is that that cover everything for you as far as the Bengals, sir. I don't want to like cut you off. No, you're fine. I think I think that does it. I I. I I kind of covered everything I wanted to with them. Perfect. Okay, so that concludes everything for the local segment. Again, it's brought to you by SeatGeek. Go to SeatGeek.com or download the SeatGeek app and use code DOUBLETECHNICAL for $20 off your first ticket purchase. Now, rather than taking a break, I just want to jump right into it. The NFL free agency has been crazy, and a lot of things have been happening. And, yeah, okay, so – First off, before we dive into specific one, Brian, just give me your take about everything that's happened. What what your are your thoughts? There's so many things that went on. Um, let's 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 start with let's start with the biggest one, which was Antonio Brown. Let's start with him. Is that um, the biggest though? I think so. I think Antonio Brown was the biggest one to come away because we're talking about the guy who's going to be he's the best receiver of this generation, who just went to one of the better one of the who I still think you may disagree with me but who I still think is one of the better coaches uh one of the better roster builders um in in the league uh I I think that's the biggest news for sure was Antonio Brown going to the Raiders rather than possibly the 49ers um or somebody of that like I I that was that was to me a and the biggest news to me was how little the Steelers got in return that was crazy. I mean, it was like they, I mean, Antonio Brown screwed the Steelers really bad, and I love it. <laughs> Fantastic. They still had to pay him twenty one and a half million dollars in dead cap space, which ruins their 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 cap, which they're really good at operating. And they only got a third and a fifth round pick. They might be able to do something with a third round pick, but a third and a fifth for the best receiver in the NFL, that's crazy. It's because he intentionally sabotaged his value. Yeah, I mean it. It yeah, and it's it's really something. And I guess, and I guess the Steelers got a better offer from the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if Antonio Brown would have gone to the Patriots? Can you imagine? That's another Randy Moss, Tom Brady situation. That they would have been eighteen and one again. <laughs> yeah, so I'm pretty glad that that the Steelers ended up opting for the Raiders rather than the Patriots. But that's going to be an interesting scenario uh, because. The, the, the Raiders have a decent receiver core behind him. Um, it was a shame to see him cut Jordy Nelson, but they still have a decent uh, receiving core behind him. They've made some offseason moves to kind of you know, boost up their defense and make their defense better. Uh, now it's just a matter of how, how, how do they approach Derek Carr. Do they put all their chips in for one year and, and see if he can really go take them to the playoffs? Or do they draft a quarterback like Kyler Murray or Daniel Jones or – um, or, or somebody of that, like, uh, maybe, maybe even, um, uh, I'm blanking Ohio state, not JT Barrett, uh, Dwayne Haskins. Do they draft Dwayne Haskins and possibly have him spend a year behind him and, and, and then have him take over with, with an unbelievable wide receiver to throw to. Mm-hmm. So that, that to me, I'm very intrigued by that. All right. 
it, it the craziest thing too is Antonio Brown is setting up a precedent now for players. You know, demand a trade, decrease your value, and you can be traded and sign and make more money. Yep. Like the fact that he is going to he he then got traded and then signed a three year contract guaranteeing him almost twenty million dollars more than his Steeler contract is ridiculous. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, he he created the best possible scenario for himself. Conversely, if we want to stay on the Steelers conversation, uh, Le'Veon Bell screwed himself. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Le'Veon Bell was 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 trying to get uh, he was trying to get fifteen million dollars a year. Ended up getting thirteen. Um, and yeah, he he screwed himself on money for sure. He was trying to increase his value, and he ended up decreasing it in the long run by signing by signing with the Jets. Now, to transition into talking about the Jets, this is the Jets went bananas in free agency. I mean, they spent $108 million in total guarantees on, on essentially linebackers, receivers, and Le'Veon Bell, which is crazy. That's it's crazy. It's the Jets. I mean, should we be surprised? Well, here's, here's kind of what I'm looking at. It's, it's almost, it seems like the Jets are taking the Chicago Bears approach. Uh, the Chicago Bears wanted to close in on their Mitchell Trubisky window on how good Mitchell Trubisky can be. They're doing the same thing with Sam Darnold, trying to put as many weapons around Sam Darnold as possible. Um, I'll just run down the list. Um, they 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 signed Le'Veon Bell, of course, um, who who's going to be absolutely uh, dynamic for that offense. That's going to take a lot of pressure off of Darnold. Um, they they signed C.J. Mosley, who is essentially a defensive cornerback. Um, uh, or sorry, defensive quarterback. Uh, they signed Brian Poole, one of the better cornerbacks in the league. They signed Jamison Crowder and Josh Bellamy, who are two fantastic wide receivers to support the passing game. Uh, and they traded for Kalechi Osamele, who's the one of the best guards in the league. So the the Jets almost did exactly what the Bears did and the Rams, uh, in a sense, last year, where they just stacked up around their young quarterback. So the Jets turned into a contender, possibly. It it's going to be interesting to see how that one plays out because at yeah. the end of the day they are the Jets, um, right? And but the only factor is, and I and and you know how I feel about USC quarterbacks. The only wild card is Sam Darnold. That's the only wild card. It's gonna Can be interesting. Can he win? Can he win? So here's what I kind of want to do because I also know that we got to talk about OBJ. But I'm gonna run through all of the teams in the NFL and just if they have a big signing, I just want to talk about it briefly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, starting off, we're going to go alphabetical order. Arizona Cardinals, uh, being able to lock up Terrell Suggs for a year. What were your thoughts on this uh, Ravens not insuring Terrell Suggs for another year? Well, I think the Ravens are the Ravens are are, are trying to freshen up their defense. It seems like because uh, they lost Terrell Suggs, uh, Haloti Nada just retired. Um, and 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 yeah, so it seems like they're trying to freshen up their defense. And and oh, and they they uh, they cut Eric Weddle, which Eric Eric Weddle getting cut was was giant. I I never predicted that happening. So it seems like they're trying to get a young defense, um, which I don't know. I, I'd rather have an experienced defense in their shoes because you want your. I mean, with having a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, who you don't know can be a stable pocket passer kind of has to create the game himself you kind of want stability on defense mm-hmm. so that they're they're curious so, um cardinals came up with a good deal though for for terrell suggs mm-hmm. terrell suggs had a great 2018 um he had he had above average sack totals above average tackle totals uh, above average tackle for tackle for loss totals he's still playing like a young terrell thug so i think the cardinals did a good thing here they still have a lot of work to do, though. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, Atlanta Falcons didn't do anything exciting. Uh, speaking of Baltimore, though, uh, they signed two two interesting free agent signings. They signed Mark Ingram uh, to a three-year, $15 million deal and Earl Thomas to a four-year, $55 million deal with $32 million guaranteed. What do these two signings do for the Ravens, if anything? Well, the 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 interesting one with Mark Ingram, um, I mean, I don't know. It's this this is tricky. Mark Ingram is an aging running back. That's no 
a doubt. And that's why this, I think that's why the Saints ended up moving on from him um, and signing Devonta Freeman, if I'm right. Um, the, the Mark Ingram signing for the Ravens, he's probably going to get a little bit more of a workload. Now, when you're that, when you're an aging running back, that's not necessarily a good thing. Um, unless he's really only uses a third down back, maybe a pass game. He's always been great in the passing game. So maybe you use him in that sense. Um, but that was, a, that was a puzzling one for me because if you're trying to become a run-heavy team, I'd rather go younger, even if it's just a backup running back. Um, Earl Thomas is, is, a, is another one. Um, Earl Thomas was, was a good move by them. Uh, he's one of the best safeties in the league, uh, no doubt. Uh, obviously, he had a, he had a, um, a, very, uh, sorry, he had a very rough, rough go of, of leaving the Seahawks. He didn't have the greatest time there. Um, but he's still one of the best safeties in the league. And, and if I'm reading this correctly, um, from week seven until week 12, the Ravens did not force a single turnover. Um, oh, wow. so it looks like they're trying to almost have a trade off here where they're, 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 they're still going to have a decent pass rush, but they're trying to get a better pass defense where they can force some turnovers and just put the ball in the hands of a dynamic offense. So that it looks like that's what they're trying to do, and I, I think they they made the right step towards doing it. I still would rather more experience rather than just one good safety on their defense. All right, remember thirty teams. Um, I know. Sorry, you're fine. I'm just teasing you. Buffalo Bills. A uh, few of the big signings: Cole Beasley to a four-year, twenty-nine million dollar deal, fourteen million guaranteed. Frank Gore still somehow in the league, uh, signing a one-year, two million dollar deal. Uh, R. Tyler Croft signing a three-year deal with eighteen point seven million uh, guaranteed, and that's really it as far as the big names. What are your thoughts there for the Bills? Well, they still have they they did an interesting thing. They signed a bunch of wide receivers. Um, they have a bunch of wide receivers who could potentially break out and become a number one. Namely, I, I'd say Zay Jones is the best candidate for that, uh, and. That was that was an important move for them to make because they have Josh Allen who needs to develop uh, a little bit more as a passer and he needs support behind him to do that. So it looks like they're trying to build up on on Josh Allen um, as a as a uh, you know as as, a, as an improving quarterback. So maybe he has a good second year turnaround by having that much support. The other thing about that is now we get to see how good Tyler Croft really was. That's uh, that's from a Bengals perspective. So that's that's how I feel about that. Um, they also did it in the cheapest way in the league. They took a Bengals approach to signing a bunch of cheap free agents. That's so. <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, Carolina Panthers didn't do anything. Uh, Chicago Bears. Uh, the two interesting signings in my opinion. One a uh, one-year deal, three hundred or three hundred. Wow, three point five million dollars to HaHa Clinton Dix, and then a two-year, ten million dollar with five million guaranteed to Cordell Patterson. Uh, what are your thoughts on those signings? Uh, I don't like Clinton Dix that much at all. Um, I he's. For the Redskins, he was kind of a nightmare. Um, he got burned more than any defensive back in the league. He just doesn't have – he can't keep up with breakaway speed receivers. So maybe they stick him in the nickel. Maybe they have him guard the slot the most, cover the inside pass. And then Cordero Patterson, he's another guy who seems ageless like Frank Gore, um, where he, he goes in and just gets banged up for a bunch of different teams and then comes back and is still a, still a decent receiver. So that was a good move for them to try and support a little bit more on, on Mitchell Trubisky's, um, you know, and, and give him some more options in the pass game. All right, next squad, and this is the one that I've been interested to talk about, Cleveland Browns. Um, so oh, the only big thing here is uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, and Oliver Vernon, who was a defensive end, were traded to the Browns in exchange for Jabril Peppers, Kevin Zeitler, and two 2019 draft picks, the number 17 overall pick in the first round, and then uh, a third-round pick as well. What is your thought on that craziness? Uh, the Browns are now the scariest team in the NFL. Why? Why did that happen? That happened overnight. Um, <laughs> you, you, th- there's, a, there's a lot to unpack with the OBJ trade. Um, because while they got rid of Kevin Zeitler, they still got uh, a good offensive guard in that trade. 
who just necessarily wasn't at the money level that Kevin Zeitler was. Um, but obviously, Odell Beckham Jr. now has a chance to play for a terrific offense, and we can really see how good he is. I still think he's one of the best receivers in the league. He may come away as the number two best receiver in the league behind Antonio Brown this season. Um, now, you have to compare. You have to pair that up with David Njoku at tight end, who had a down year last year, but but is probably going to bounce back with more passing options. And Jarvis Landry, who's a catching machine. The other thing with the Odo Beckham Jr. trade with Jarvis Landry is that they were teammates at LSU, so the chemistry there is is unparalleled. Um, and then you also have the Kareem Hunt signing, which won't do anything until week nine or week eight, week seven. Well, I can't remember if it was six games or eight games he was suspended. Mm. Uh, but you have Kareem Hunt, who before his whole thing with the Chiefs was one of the top five running backs, top three running backs in the league. Um, you have Nick Chubb, who's another guy who has the potential to be a top five running back in the league. Baker Mayfield was a breakout star last year. What's going on in Cleveland? How did, how did everybody just want to go to Cleveland? Now? It's so weird. Sense. I mean, I think Jarvis Landry, LSU connection with OBJ is a part of this. Um, but here, here, what I want your opinion on this. This does t- kind of tie in with the Bengals. Um, so according to Sportsline, which is the uh, official CBS uh, metrics generator, um, the Cleveland Browns have a 50% chance of winning the AFC North, um, a, 30, a 3% chance for the Steelers, a 14% chance for the Ravens, and a 3% chance for the Bengals. Yeah. I'm not surprised to see that um, because, I mean, you, the Bengals are, are going to by default lose points by having an entirely new coaching staff, especially a guy who's never been a head coach. Um, yeah, that, I, I, I'm not surprised to see that. I'm hoping that it doesn't work out that way. I'm hoping that they, they pan out a little better, but you really just don't know. It, it's, it seems like this, there was kind of a decent win to change thing happening uh, from 2017 into 2018 in the AFC North where the Ravens seemed like they were going down. They ended up improving. The Steelers uh, were still on top, but then the Browns got a little bit better. Now it seems like the AFC North just flipped up inside its head. <laughs> the, Steelers, the Steelers may still come away being a decent winning team, but they lost their two most dynamic weapons. They still have Juju Smith-Schuster, but Ben Roethlisberger doesn't have a lot of gas left in the tank. They don't have a ton behind Juju. Um, their defense isn't quite what it was, so the Steelers could end up even coming away being worse than the Ravens if the Ravens can can capitalize on the signings they made. So uh, I don't know what to think about the Browns right now. They're terrifying, and their their defense is good enough to where their first round target is going to be a safety, which is never a thing. Safeties are never a first round target, so they're going to get the best safety in the draft, and they did that last year with Jerome Peppers. They're going to do it again this year. Uh, I'm yeah. This is I'm blown away. <sighs> it's going to be interesting to say the least. Um, I yeah. what would be so fitting though is if they found a way to screw it all up. Um, I really well, the, the, and this is the other thing. The one thing about the Browns, maybe their caveat. This is the only thing I could I could really take away from it is you have a lot of personality in Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. and in Baker Mayfield. That's it. You have a ton of personality there, and in Kareem Hunt, kind of. Mm-hmm. So. Maybe those personalities clash. I mean, we saw it here. We had a front row seat to Chad uh, Chad Ochocinco and Terrell Owens. So that's that's my one thing that may you know the only the only enemy the Browns have right now are the Browns. So that's that's all I got there. All right, all right. Let's let's go a little bit rapid fire here because I I think you'll have some uh, funny things. Dallas Cowboys. The only thing uh, Jason Witten one year deal uh, three point five million dollars. Thoughts. Jason Witten was so bad in the Monday Night Football booth that he said, "Screw it, I'm going to go be a bad tight end in football rather than, and nobody will get to make fun of me. I can I can be on the bench and get overthrown by Dak Prescott a bunch rather than get overthrown by the Boogermobile." That's <laughs> so true. He, <laughs> he he just had to get out of there. He was so bad. Oh, he was terrible. Uh, uh, Denver... I don't know if I've ever seen a player get motivated by being so bad in the broadcast booth that they go back and play in the NFL instead. Uh, I mean, it, there's a first for everything, right? <laughs> so, uh, Denver Broncos, the, I, I don't think I ever got a chance to talk to you, but this happened a while ago, but uh, the fourth-round pick trade uh, with the Ravens for Joe Flacco. 
Uh, I mean, is Joe Flacco elite? <laughs> Not if he's worth a fourth round pick. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how the. Uh, it was so weird how Joe Flacco was just like perennially. Everybody was like, "Is he? Is he not? Is he good? Is he terrible?" And now he goes to the Bron or the Broncos, and now everybody's like, "Yeah, he's probably not going to win in, in Denver." That was a bad move for the Broncos. I don't know why that. Is. Poor Case Keenum, man. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. <laughs> uh, Detroit, yep. Detroit Lions, uh, one year deal for Danny Amendola, and then the really big one, five year deal with Trey Flowers. Uh, I don't know how to look at the Lions. It seems like the Lions are just in like purgatory every year, where it's like they're just going to be a six and ten to nine and seven team forever. Because that's all that they're never going to be able to stack up that receiver core for Matt Stafford like they did with Calvin Johnson. So they're just kind of riding in limbo. So Calvin Johnson comes out of retirement, which will never happen. <laughs> they're just waiting. They're just waiting. That's it. The Trey Flowers they're... deal. With, Trey Flowers deal was a good deal, though. Uh, Trey Flowers is, is, is good. So I, that was decent. But I, I, I don't know what the Lions are doing right now. Uh, Green Bay Packers. Now, this is one of the teams that threw a la- around a lot of money. They uh, Adrian Amos, four years, thirty-seven million dollar. He's a safety. Uh, Preston Smith, edge rusher, four year, fifty-two million. Sedarius Smith, another edge rusher, four year, sixty-six million. And then Billy Turner, offensive lineman, four year, twenty-nine million. What are your thoughts on those? Well, they stacked up a bunch. Um, they they stacked up a bunch in, on their defense of course because they're trying their, their defense wasn't very good um Aaron Rodgers is going to win football games regardless but you have to support him with a decent defense they still have work to do in the secondary um because they lost Bashad Breeland who is one of the better corners in the league um but I, other than that I mean it just seems like they're trying to get Aaron Rodgers help on on the defensive side Houston Texans <laughs> The the they really didn't sign anybody, but the big one is the fact that they still have not been able to work out an extension for Jadavian Clowney and had to franchise tag him. Is that a concern if you're the Texans? Um, depending on how much more control players take of their contract situations, kind of like Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. Um, and if 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 they if they can um, I mean if they, if if they can capitalize on on signing him maybe midseason rather than and getting their extension there rather than waiting until the next free agency. I think if they wait until the next free agency, they're going to lose out on Jadavian Clowney because somebody's going to pay out big money for him. It, yeah, if I'm them, I do not want to lose him. Um, Indianapolis Colts, uh, Michigan alum Devin Funches to a one-year $13 million deal and Marcus Hunt to a two-year $10 million deal. Thoughts on those? Devin Funches was quietly one of the better receivers in the Ravens' uh, receiving core. So I, I like that the Colts are stacking that up. They have a decent um, – they have a decent uh, – sorry, what was I going to say? They have a, a decent passing attack now. Andrew Luck is back to form, uh, and they just need to give him more targets. So I, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, I would say what they kind of missed out on um, what was uh, – what they kind of missed out on was building the defense, uh, and 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 I I I'd like to see them possibly stack up their their linebacking core a little bit better. But overall, I I I think that they're trying to help Andrew Luck win football games, so I'm okay with that. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, another team I've been waiting to talk to you about. Um, so first off, I'm going to talk with what I think is the best signing of theirs, Cedric Oboyhe to a new deal. They have not yet uh, talked about the terms, but I, it is rumored that it's a one-year deal. Thoughts? They sign. They said it's the best deal. I said it's the best deal. Said, well, yeah. The, I mean, it's because Cedric Oboyhe is the most elite lineman in the NFL. <laughs> Um, I think really Jacksonville came away with that with that with a guy who's going to be a stalwart in their in their in their front line. Uh, I think honestly you couldn't get anybody better to protect Nichols. Um, so really great deal for the Jaguars there. Now the not as exciting sign: Nick Foles, four years, eighty-eight million dollar contract with a max value of one hundred and two million, and they cut uh, what's his name. 
Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles. Wow. See how much I've already like discarded him from my thoughts. Uh, what is your <laughs> take on that? Well, clearly the Nick Foles signing is, is less monumental than the Cedric Abwehi signing. Um, <laughs> but I think that's because it, it's very surprising that anybody would sign Cedric Abwehi. Um, exactly. But you never know. The thing that will kill me is that if Cedric Abwehi actually becomes an elite lineman. Like, that will kill me. There's like, no I, way that's I, happening. I, it will literally stop my heart because he's that bad. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think Nick Foles can take a team by himself. I don't think so. Um, I think the Jaguars are grasping at, grasping at straws because they lost out on every good quarterback that ever became available in the past two seasons. Um, and I think they're gra- getting the best that they can with Nick Foles because he went to a Super Bowl and went to an NFC championship. Um, but again, he did that with, yeah, essentially he, he got padded up by having a quarterback who was younger than him who made him prove himself. Now he doesn't have that, especially because they cut Blake Bortles. Now, if he was backed up by Blake Bortles, maybe he played better. Maybe he would play better because he wouldn't have that guy breathing down his neck. Mm-hmm. But now the pressure's kind of off of him uh, to prove himself as a starting quarterback. I, I just I don't know if he can take a team as far as he did uh, with Philadelphia. Moving right along, Kansas City Chiefs. Now, there's two interesting signings, in my opinion. Uh, they signed Carlos Hyde to a one-year deal, uh, $2.8 million. I mean, he had a pretty decent year with the Browns, um, it, but obviously they picked up Hunt. Uh, and so I think that that was a good signing. What are your quick thoughts on that? Uh, sorry, which signing were you talking about? Carlos Hyde with the Kansas City oh, Chiefs. Oh, yeah, the Carlos Hyde. That was good. Um, when they missed out on Kareem Hunt. Um, it was important for them. I still think their their backup. I can't remember who it was that was backing up Kareem Hunt. He came away and played a decent second half of the season after Hunt got suspended. Um, but or put on the example list, however you want to say that. But mm-hmm. um, I think that I think having a tandem approach is seems to be the the sexy thing to do in the NFL right now. Having two good running backs, um, and I think obviously you have Patrick Mahomes, who is a freak of nature. You have Tyreek Hill, who if he comes away from his current investigation um, unscathed, which it seems like he will, um, you're you're talking about uh, the most dangerous passing attack in the league. Um, The one thing that they did, I think, that that surprised me was they boosted their defense a little bit. They signed uh, Bashad Breeland, who I just talked about with Green Bay. He's one of the better cornerbacks. And I think because their defense was so bad last year, I I think – that's how they become a Super Bowl contender because I think they'll win with Mahomes regardless. They need a better fence, and I think they're working towards that. And they also signed uh, the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, Matthews, to a three-year, $42 million deal. I think that was a good one as well. That was yeah, Tyron Matthew can still play. He just wasn't get put on the appropriate stage to prove that, and I think that was, that was a good move for them. They need a better passing defense. That's just flat out. Um, looking now at the Los Angeles Chargers, nothing really crazy here except the fact that they signed Tyrod Taylor to a two-year, $11 million contract. What's your thoughts on that? Maybe they're worried that Phillip Rivers gets hurt, um, and they need a good backup. I think Tyrod Taylor can still be a serviceable, serviceable backup. Not a starting quality quarterback in my eyes, but, um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. They didn't, they had a pretty good roster last year. It's just a matter of the chips didn't fall in their favor and they had to play Tom Brady in the playoffs so they didn't have to do a bunch but maybe they're just worried about the aging Philip Rivers and the possibility he needs a backup that can stand in then we have the Los Angeles Rams who were able to keep uh, Dante Fowler Jr. by uh, with a one-year deal worth $12 million guaranteed and they went out and got Eric Whittle for a two-year contract up uh, worth up to $12.5 million. What are your thoughts on the Rams keeping their defense intact and adding another piece? That was very important for them, of course. Their defense was so good last year. They, they're still in danger of losing in Dominican too. Um, I that that's a that's a scary one, but I don't know if 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 Sue is is <clears throat> I think might be asking too much money in the market right now, so that might work in their favor. If they can Sue back, they 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 will still have one of the best, if not the best, defense in the league uh, next year. Especially having Eric Weddle back there, who's who's essentially a defensive quarterback. So I, I'm okay with with those moves. And uh, Dante Fowler, of course, is a is a generational legend so 
That was a good. That was a good move by them. Miami Dolphins uh, trading Ryan Tannehill to where did they trade him? Uh, not the Texans. Where did they trade him? Um, so I don't even know. We should. I don't care. We should have been more prepared, folks. I'm sorry. Um, I don't care about them really. Um, but they re- they signed Ryan Fitzpatrick to be their starting uh, quarterback. I can't wait for Ryan Fitzpatrick to throw 400 yards a game in the first four games of the season. <laughs> and, and it was the Titans. That was where they moved him. That that's right. Behind, he's going to be now in a battle with Marcus Mariota. He's not going to be in a battle with Marcus Mariota. He's going to be sitting on the bench behind Marcus Mariota. <laughs> that's sure. He's a terrible. He's a terrible quarter. Oh yeah, Marcus Mariota is a good starting quarterback. Ryan Tannehill doesn't even come up to his level. Um, but anyways, about the Dolphins, can't wait for Ryan Fitzpatrick to throw 400 yards in two straight games or three straight games or something like that and then get hurt or, or be terrible for like five or six weeks and then come back and win another football game. And then the Dolphins will finish out with a respectable like 3-13 and 13 record. It's going to be great. Okay. Um, Minnesota Vikings. This one, they have one very interesting signing, and that was Anthony Barr, who initially decided to join the Jets um, on Monday, but then, uh, of last week, I should say, but then changed his mind Tuesday and signed a five-year, $67.5 million contract uh, with the Vikings. What are your thoughts on that? Well, uh, Anthony Barr kind of, he, 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 Bill Belichick, the Jets, just like Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick, the Jets. <laughs> um, he did the, you know, the whole thing where he probably, he probably wrote, wrote that he was signing with the Vikings on a napkin or something like that, that he was stepping down. Um, I, I tell you what, I, I really, I really, you, you got to think about all the memories that Anthony Barr made with the Jets, you know, when he said he was going to sign with them and then he didn't sign with them. It was really something. Um, but. <laughs> Uh, I will say that the, the, the Vikings need that linebacking core to stay intact. They need to make moves on the offensive line and fast because they, they lost uh, they lost Easton on their line and they, they need to find somebody. They're running out of options on the on the offensive line. So they gotta they gotta either draft somebody really good or make a free agent move because they gotta protect Kirk Cousins. Uh, the New England Patriots in New England Patriots style did nothing exciting except for trade for Michael Bennett, but I still don't even think that that was a great overall thing but they'll find some way to make him a superstar um they just want to be the first team to have two brothers in on their team when they win a super bowl uh two two sets of brothers i should say the next one uh new orleans saints um ended up signing teddy bridgewater to a one-year 12.5 million dollar contract what were your thoughts on that uh very quick it's very uh it's very evident that, that Teddy Bridgewater is the next guy in New Orleans. So I think the Saints know that. I think Drew Brees knows that. I think Teddy Bridgewater knows that. So it's very evident that that they're they're going to hang on to him. And 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 what they'll probably do is once Drew Brees finally retires, um, Bridgewater will, will take in as a provisional starter. And if he succeeds, he'll keep the job. But they'll probably draft a quarterback behind him. The other move uh, that they made last night was they signed. That same lineman, that lineman I was just talking about, Easton. Um, when 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 the when the Vikings lost Easton, he went and signed with the Saints to replace Mac Unger, who was Drew Brees' uh, center for the entire time he's been in New Orleans. So that's an interesting one. Um, you get one of the better linemen to to uh, beef up your offensive line behind one of the best quarterbacks in the league. New York Giants, they uh, obviously we know got Jabril Peppers and Kevin Zeitler, which I want your opinion on what they're going to do for the Giants. They also signed Golden Tate um, to a four-year, $37.5 million contract and have officially announced that Eli Manning is their quarterback and they do not intend on drafting a quarterback in this draft. Are they out of their minds? What's wrong with them? Like, what's going on up there? Like, I, Dave Gettleman is running that team to the ground. I don't know what's happening. Um, I, it's it's a it's a mystery to me why you stand so firm behind a quarterback who won two Super Bowls. The last one being what nine years ago? Uh, no, two thousand thirteen. Oh, six, even better, <laughs> even better. Stand behind. I don't know. Eli Manning's not good, especially anymore. Like. He's not. He's not Peyton. He's he's got a decent mind for football. You also have a terrible offensive line that you be, you beefed up a little bit with Kevin Zeitler, but you got to make more moves than that. 
Um, Jabril Peppers will help that defense, but you have a generational talent in Saquon Barkley who you're going to lose if you don't start winning football games. Saquon Barkley is going to be gone in two years if, if they don't beef up their, their, uh, their team very quickly. So I don't know what Gettleman thinks he's doing, but it, it's not looking good in New York right now. Uh, we already talked about the New York Jets, but you didn't talk about their big multi-year contract given to Chandler Catanzaro, their kicker. Um, that's very important, right? Uh, Chandler Catanzaro is, uh, you know, he kicked the ball up through the goalpost. Um, <laughs> that's all you can ask for, right? That's I don't know. I can't analyze kickers that well. Like you can only talk so much about how good somebody is until you go, yeah, but they're not Adam Vinatieri in their prime. So true. Uh, you know, I I don't care about kicker contracts. <laughs> so the then next is the Oakland Raiders, who obviously we know got Antonio Brown, um, other some big names that they were able to get. They got Trent Brown, offensive tackle, Jonathan uh, Hankins, defensive tackle, Lamarcus Joyner, safety, um, and then a few um, side wide receivers to go along with Antonio Brown. Any thoughts there with your? Uh, your your pops, Mr. John Gruden. Listen, uh, first of all, I'm gonna before I get into how much I love John Gruden, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a bold prediction right now. Since the news just came out that the Bengals uh, cut Vontez Perfect, I bet the Raiders signed Vontez Perfect. That's my bold prediction: is that the Raiders signed Vontez Perfect for a one-year prove-it deal, and that's that's how Gruden approaches that scenario. Um, I think John Gruden is gonna prove me right. He's got three first-round picks this year. He's got three first-round picks this year. He's going to use them incredibly intelligently. He's going to build a fantastic roster, and the Raiders will be a playoff contender. I'm not going to guarantee they'll make the playoffs, but they'll be a playoff contender in 2019. Guaranteed. Wow. That's guaranteed. You're talking, you're, talking about, you're talking about Derek Carr, who's still a serviceable starter. You're talking about they, they, they just signed um, – oh, they just signed a, a lineman uh, who, who, who is – they lost Donald Penn on the offensive line, which Donald Penn was declining. But but they they uh, they just signed. I don't know who it was. Um, they signed JJ Nelson, who's a, a ridiculous deep threat. Uh, that that I mean, you you now you can basically just bomb it to Antonio Brown or JJ Nelson. Uh, you have a good tight end. You have you. I I'm telling you. In the draft, they're gonna they're gonna prove me right. I bet DK Metcalf goes there too. The biggest the biggest asterisk is Derek Carr. Absolutely, the same. Yeah, it's the same thing with with uh, it, it's the same thing with, uh, with like Sam Darnold in New York. I think Gruden's going to put a bunch of weapons around him, and then if he doesn't succeed this season, he's going to either trade for a better quarterback or he'll draft a quarterback this year, and then stick them in. We'll see. But I Gruden knows what he's doing, and I I I fully believe that. You may make fun of me all you want, but Gruden knows what he's doing. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles uh, traded for Deshaun Jackson. They now have him back on the Eagles roster and signed him to a three-year contract, and they signed Malik Jackson, defensive tackle, to a three-year deal as well. Thoughts on those? Um, uh, I think the Deshaun Jackson move is good because um, the Deshaun Jackson experiment in Tampa Bay didn't work uh, because really the plan, whenever you have Deshaun Jackson on your roster, it should be – just Deshaun Jackson runs a nine route, throw the ball as far as you possibly can, and he'll go get it. But the problem was Jameis Winston wouldn't throw the ball far enough, so Deshaun Jackson had to run backwards, and it just doesn't work that way. <laughs> now, now you have, for the Eagles, you have Carson Wentz who can throw the ball far enough, and Deshaun Jackson can go get it. And that's my analysis. <laughs> Gosh. Um Steelers didn't sign anybody good, so we're not going to talk about them. Uh, San Francisco 49ers, couple big names. Kawan Alexander, linebacker to a four-year deal. Um, Tevin Coleman, running back to a two-year deal. And they traded with the Chiefs for offensive offensive outside linebacker D Ford. And they franchise-tagged Robbie Gold. Thoughts? I think they, they also wanted to make a move. Um for Odell Beckham Jr. after they lost out on Antonio Brown. But they they had to give up DeForest Buckner to do that, and they weren't going to do that because DeForest Buckner is fantastic. Um, I don't know. The the free the, like, uh, the, the, the big thing with them is they have a good roster around. They have a great uh, pair of running backs 
roster. And we have to see if Jimmy Garoppolo, number one, can stay healthy. Number two, can can be everything that they paid him to be. Um, Let's see. Seattle Seahawks didn't sign anybody interesting. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers did not either. Um, We talked about Ryan Tannehill being traded to the Tennessee Titans. Are you sure that that is not a competitiveness? A hundred percent. Marcus Mariota is fine. The problem in Tennessee is not Marcus Mariota. I'll say that definitively. He's not. He's still a good quarterback. He's just had no support around him. He's not had a good offensive line, and his receiving core hasn't been quite the level that it should be for a winning scenario in Tennessee. So, if he can get better support for himself, he'll be he'll be as good as any quarterback in the league could be. And the last team, the Washington offensives. Um, Landon, our words. Yeah, Landon Collins safety signed a six-year deal worth eighty-four million dollars. They have Case Keenum with the uh, uh, traded with the Broncos. They signed Adrian Peterson to a two-year deal, and Dominique Rogers Cromartie came out of retirement to sign with them as well. Thoughts? They were a front runner for me for them to sign Nathan Peterman. <laughs> I really wanted that to happen. Um. It would have been a very, very Redskins move for them to sign Nathan Peterman. Um, yeah, I mean, right now the the thing that they're missing out on is Alex Smith might miss all of next season, and that sucks for them. Um, they they they're going to put their faith in Case Keenum, who's a system quarterback who won't be good enough to to really make it happen. Um, uh, uh, Dominique Rogers Camardi is an aging cornerback who can still play, but isn't quite what he used to be. Um. Yeah, I mean, Jamison Crowder is, is 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 decent at best. They they have a bunch of names that are names that were names, but nobody's really blowing me away right now in Washington. And I don't think Case Keenum is the guy who can be a successful backup to Alex Smith if he doesn't play this season. Um. Yeah. At they're kind of they're another team that's kind of in limbo right now. So. Well. Needless to say, it's been very interesting so far, and I'm sure there's still going to be a few other things that are going to happen. Um, but quickly, before I wrap up the show, Brian, since we talked about everything we wanted to talk about and some, I'm going to give you the floor for probably for the next two minutes, okay? And I will let you give your take on LeBron James missing the NBA playoffs this season. Are you going to retaliate? I am not. I'm giving you All two right. free minutes starting now. Out of any player who's ever been elite in the NBA, this has never tarnished a legacy harder than it tarnishes LeBron James's legacy. Because when you're a player who is trying to build a roster around yourself and play GM, and then you, number one, you try to make a move for another elite player and then piss off all the players on your team. And number two, you uh, don't succeed with the, I don't think as bad of a talent, like you succeed with decent talent around you. Obviously, Brandon Ingram got hurt. Kyle Kuzma is still fantastic. Lonzo Ball is still great. You have, you have, you have a lot of, 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 of great things happening around you, or at least decent things happening around you, guys who can win basketball games and you don't make the playoffs. Come on, man. And he just posted his worst, his worst career quarter uh, in, like ever. Uh, as far as his, his stats go, so do we see the uh, do we see a drop off in the in the talent of the king? Time will only tell. But right now, I don't think there's ever been anything more tarnishing to a legacy than LeBron James missing the playoffs uh, after going to Los Angeles. And as a Lakers fan, it kind of sucks to see. Uh, and I, as somebody who predicted that they would be in the top five in the West, yeah, that sucks. That hurts a lot, but. Um, I yeah I don't this this tarnishes LeBron James' legacy I think for sure. Man, only took you sixty seconds to just destroy everything. Yeah, um, because I mean, <laughs> it's almost like they're tanking now. I pres- I presented this scenario to you and Michael in our group chat. Uh, maybe they're just trying to get that you know if if the, if the league is fixed and they they get their their number one picks somehow in the lottery. Um, if they get a number one pick and draft Zion Williamson, I mean, then, all right, now I see what they're trying to do, but I don't see that happening. We'll we'll have to wait and see what mastery LeBron and Magic have going on behind closed doors. But 
I don't like it. <laughs> I think that is going to be a good place to conclude today's show. Thank you very much for joining and talking everything NFL and local with us, Brian. I'm sure everyone has missed you. And again, congratulations on the birth of your child. As <laughs> you know, we are both two very tired and learning fathers right now. Yes, that's an understatement, but you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> All right, so everyone make sure to like and share, and um, we are going to be coming out with a tournament podcast very soon for y'all, and you'll get to hear all of our picks and breaks down, and it will be very interesting to say the least um i got uk all in the way all the way that's what my early prediction brian do you concur i do concur all right well we'll have to show you how they get there in the next episode so everyone have a fantastic monday and we'll be back to talk to y'all hopefully wednesday